I'm Lloyd Freeman, and this is Dimensions of Diversity. My name, it's how I start every episode of the podcast. It's who you are, and it often carries significant meaning to you and your family. In some instances, that's even a cultural significance. So joining me today is Minji Kim, a good friend of mine and a student at Boston University School of Law, who's gonna to talk to us about ethnically significant names. Minji, welcome to the show. Thank you, I'm very excited to be here. Yes, this entire episode came about because uh, you ran across an art exhibit uh, and there was a title of a piece called Names Like Fireworks and it really hit close to home for you. So I'm just gonna kind of start right there and have you unpack that. Generally speaking, how are names like fireworks? What does that mean to you? Yeah, so this was a fine arts piece uh, recently exhibited by my friend Quinn Trong titled Names Like Fireworks. She's actually um, incredibly a full-time attorney who also does art on the side um, or concurrently rather. So this art piece depicted some very vibrant fireworks, various mm -hmm. colors and shapes. Um, and she explained that it was inspired by the poem Day of the Refugios by Alberto Rios, which reads, I come from a family of people with names, real names, not afraid names, with colors, like the fireworks, names that take a moment to say, names you have to practice. So Quinn explained that this poem really resonated with her, um, and she also added how she thought some names were louder than others and can really mm -hmm. room. Um, and that was really powerful to me because it just highlighted how dynamic and sort of full of character names are. Um, I also really enjoyed the analogy to fireworks because I think names like fireworks can be celebrations and full of surprises. I love that. Uh, that, that is a wonderful metaphor. Uh, it um, parallels directly with some advice that I've uh, given to several people I've mentored and just telling them, of course, to feel free to exist loudly, uh, you know, to take up some more space. It's okay for you to take up some more space. It doesn't mean that someone else is losing uh, their space. There's enough space for all of us. And so are our names. And so talk to us about that. Tell us about your name, Minji. What is this meaning? What is this cultural significance? Yeah, so my first name is Minji, which means keep your dreams and determinations as strong as a jade stone. Lots of meaning for two syllables, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in South Korea, the names are um, in Korean characters and each character sort of represents a concept. So mm -hmm. my name doesn't like literally translate to keep your dreams and determination as strong as jade stone. It's just sort of the, the meaning based on the characters. So in South Korea, the names usually um, reflect something of significance, whether it be the child's birth date and time or it can oh. be based on the number of strokes in the Korean character names, um, you know, and it's the number of strokes might be correlated with um, how auspicious a name is. So it's also like trying to give your child a lucky life, if you will, just uh, from the start of their life with their name. Um, and it, it means so much to people in Korea that a lot of times um, Koreans will go to like fortune tellers and ask like, is this name going to give my child an auspicious life? Really? Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Um, and it can like symbolize also the wishes and aspirations that the parent has for a child. Like, you know, for example, obviously my, my parents cared a lot about giving me um, determination and grit in life. Other names might, you know, denote wisdom or beauty or kindness, et cetera. Um, and then my last name, it denotes my lineage. So Kim is actually a really, really common South Korean name. Mm -hmm. um, so 20% of South Koreans have the last name Kim. So really? it's about, yeah, 10 million people in this world with my wow. last name. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then the thing is, even within the last name Kim, there's several, I guess, like sub Kims um, because everything comes from clans. So historically, um, I can trace my lineage back to the Kyungju clan. Um, so, you know, even within like the Kim last name, there's different clans and um, sort of like dynasties and it all just comes from that. So uh, while it's a really common last name, it, there can be different types of Kim. Um, which is, I think, different from Western culture and last names. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my lineage and then my first name. Um, I think another notable thing about Korean names um, is that it can also denote the generation that you're in. So I'm an only child, so it doesn't apply to me. But my okay. mother, for example, her name is Mi Hyung. Her sister's names are Mi Ran and Mi Young. So if you were to meet a family just based on the shared um, syllable in the names, you would be able to understand that those people are from the same generation. I love that. I love that. Now, I noticed that you did not talk about a middle name. Uh, is that something that is not so common uh, in your culture? Yeah, middle names don't exist. And it's quite confusing because, for example, some of my legal documents have Min as my first name and then G as my middle name because that's how whoever transcribed my birth certificate at the time decided to put it in. Um, oh yeah, Koreans don't have middle names. It's your last name and then um, typically two syllables for the first name, uh, sometimes one, but most commonly two syllable first name and then one syllable last name. Well, we will bond over that. I do not have a middle name either. Uh, yeah. and, and you're right on all legal documents, uh, you know, it kind of asked you to, to fill in something. And I am from a, a different generation where we had to like fill in, you know, Scantron bubbles and it would either <laughs> yeah. put um, oftentimes an X uh, just because I guess it meant like he doesn't have one or it would just fill in A uh, because that was the first letter of the alphabet. So right. there are many things that have my name on it that say Lloyd A. Freeman. It was so much so that I just kind of adopted it at some, at some juncture and said, fine, I'll go by Lloyd A. Freeman, totally fine. Yeah, so what happens when people <laughs> just ask gave you- up what the a stands for oh then i just get creative at that point and i just start making up well you know however i'm feeling that day <laughs> okay got it <laughs> that's too funny but kind of uh in talking about the lineage my name is lloyd freeman but i am the fourth so it was my dad's name it was my grandfather's name my great-grandfather's name not my son's name uh but uh, <laughs> i totally get it and i understand you know how a name can certainly be a part of uh, kind of a family and and its lineage and and its heritage. Um, but you talked about how, you know, in some instances, your name has been, you know, uh, kind of diced up, if you will, where, you know, kind of the second syllable is placed as your middle name, et cetera. Or I can only imagine because, of course, in America, Kim is a very common first name. So I can only imagine that you've probably been called Kim Minji uh, at, at some uh, um, times. So does it offend you when people butcher your name, ask you to explain your name, or, or do you use that as an opportunity to, to educate? Yeah, so I am never offended um, personally because I understand mm -hmm. like if you don't have the, so like for me, knowing that Kim is one of the most common last names in my country, I'm like, of course that's a last name, right? <laughs> uh, but I understand that not everybody knows that. So I never am going to, you know, be upset with somebody for not knowing something about my culture. Um, that being said, I think it's really funny when people ask me if they're pronouncing my name correctly. Um, because I have, you know, and I'm not trying to be rude. Like I've genuinely thought about how else you could pronounce my name. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else you could pronounce my name. Um, yeah. 
Well, you'd be surprised. I mean, some people just take a look at, you know, your name and they just kind of give up. And so it's just kind right. of whatever sound they can throw together, <laughs> even with right. my name or with the spelling of my name, the two L's, it, it will, it will stop people in their tracks sometimes. So I, I get yeah. you on that. Um, yeah. But yeah. So they've asked you, am I pronouncing it correctly? Mm -hmm. And I'll just, you know, I don't take offense to it. Um, yeah. I'll just say, yep, it's, it's very phonetic. It's pronounced exactly how it's spelled. There's no tricks in there. Um, and then sometimes <laughs> it helps people to give like a, a reference point that they're familiar with. So I might say something like, oh, it's like Mindy, but with a J. Mm -hmm. And then that's just like more comfortable for some people. Um, I do have some friends who have names that aren't necessarily like phonetic with the English language and pronunciation. Um, and they've told me that, you know, sometimes adding how to pronounce their name in their email signature or even um, adding like an audio recording clip in their email yes. signature has helped because I think, you know, sometimes people want to pronounce your name correctly, but they get nervous about messing up and offending you. And, right. and that's understandable. Um, I just think like, you know, it's, it's more quote unquote offensive to not try um, or to, you know, sort of um, ignore the, the problem to them uh, or the challenge for them rather than try to address it. Like I'll never be offended if somebody asks me. Um, the problem is more so like when people are afraid to speak to me or call on me, for example, in mm. a meeting or a classroom or whatever it might be, because they're afraid of butchering my name. Um, and, you know, that's really more so like, wow, like I'm missing out on opportunities because you are afraid of mispronouncing my name, but yeah. it's really not a big deal. I think the bigger deal is when, you know, you're deprived of an opportunity, whether it be um, something larger or even like very subtle, like, you know, participation in a meeting because of the name. Right. And so, you know, you can kind of separate some of those benign instances, you know, where someone is just asking you, hey, I'm, I'm trying here. So can you please correct me if I'm wrong? Or um, uh, can you tell me the correct pronunciation, etc. Uh, but then I am sure that there are people who have just completely asked you, do you have a nickname? Or that's too hard for me. I'm just going to call you X and they assign you a nickname. I mean, those are, of course, uh, the microaggressions that I can see uh, absolutely that are stemming from, you know, some of these um, uh, more ethnically sounding or, or spelled names. How do you personally uh, deal with and disarm those microaggressions? Uh, can you give our listeners some advice as to how to handle those situations? Yeah. So um, again, I'll just say like, oh, it's, it's like Mindy, but with the J, like, you know, it's, you, you can do it. <laughs> um, and that <laughs> Positive actually, reinforcement. Right. Right. Um, and I think, you know, just letting them know that even if they do mess up, it's not a big deal. Like, I don't think you necessarily directly have to say it, but if they like, you know, mess it up and say like, oh my God, I'm sorry. It's like, no, it's totally fine. Like, you know, take as many practice rounds as you need to get it. Um, it's okay. I understand. Um, and, you know, that also makes me think of um, an interview with the, um, that I watched with the Nigerian actress, um, Uzuamaka Aduba, who's best known as Crazy Eyes in yes. Orange, Orange the New Black. The Black. Yes. Um, so she was telling a story of how in kindergarten, she asked her mother if she could go by Zoe. Um, because she said, you know, oh, nobody can. And her mom said, why? And she said, well, nobody can pronounce my name. And her mother said, well, if they can learn to pronounce, you know, Tchaikovsky and Michelangelo and Dostoevsky, they can learn Uzuomaka. And that really resonated with me because, yeah, like I remember actually in high school when we read um, the novel by Dostoevsky, like I remember thinking like, huh, 
People really don't have a problem learning to pronounce this name, but I have been given so much difficulty over my name, which I objectively think is easier to pronounce <laughs> than, than that Russian last name, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, coming at it with a an angle of like compassion and understanding that, you know, for someone else, this might be a very difficult um, and sort of like scary situation um, can, can be helpful. And also like, I personally just find it a little humorous. Um, and I, I just try to make it more lighthearted as well because I don't want there to be tension around mm -hmm. whether you're saying my name. Well, because right. it's often the first time you're meeting someone. So, right. I mean, that is setting the tone for, you know, how this entire interaction is going to go. You're literally saying, hi, my name is, and, and you know, you're going to shake the hand or we're exchanging names. And it's like, oh, microaggression land from, <laughs> from minute one. Right. Yeah, wow. I actually, um, so since I was younger, I've noticed sometimes like in class, I wouldn't be called on because the teacher might be afraid of saying my name incorrectly. Um, I also even, you know, uh, had one teacher um, say like, oh, like you must have a pretty easy time in school because no one wants to call on you because oh. there's say your name. And, oh you know, I just thought it was so funny. Like, oh, you think that's that's helpful that I won't, you know, have an opportunity to participate. Um, so, yeah, like. I think just really my my biggest thing is like it's okay to mess up because I much rather you mess up and mess up a hundred times and tell me that you can't get it but continue trying rather than saying like oh I'm just going to avoid this situation because it scares me. Yes. Yes, no that's great advice. So given that given you know that you have faced you know some challenges some microaggressions but absolutely you know you've uh, very much so been able to carry that pride with you in your name and your culture Will you carry on ethnically significant names to the next generation in your family? Are there others in your family who have already done that kind of for the folks who are coming up behind you? Yeah, I definitely want to carry on that tradition. Nice. Um, I think it really helps retain a sense of connection to, you know, just my culture, my community, the history behind my country. Um, and that's really significant because knowing your historical roots is a big part of who you are and your identity. Um, and you, you know, but that being said, I also like want to be clear that I don't judge or, you know, have I don't I don't judge people who choose not to do that. Um, I think, you know, everybody has a different experience. And really, the main thing is about like honoring what people choose to do with their names. Um, so, like, you know, I have some friends who have chose who have elected to go by an Americanized name. Um, and sometimes that comes because, you know, you don't want to be labeled as an outsider and you don't want to face issues like, you know, maybe not being called on um, to participate. Right. Um, but then there are other situations where um, I'll use like South Koreans I know as an example, where they go by an Americanized name because that's their religious name. Um, so, for example, they're given an English uh, name at their baptism. And that oh, has a okay. lot of significance to them. So for them to use their like baptism name, it's not necessarily like, oh, this is the name I'm using to conform to American society. Um, but it might be like, this is a name that holds another meaning to me. Um, and, you know, that's also a part of identity. So I think really just um, the most important thing is just call people by the name that they introduce themselves at, you, you know, whatever decisions they make about what they want to be called. Um, I think it really helps affirm their identity that they've chosen for themselves to just address them by that name. And maybe not like, you know, I've seen instances where I have um, 
friends who go by a certain name and that's who they identify as and they'll introduce themselves as like the American name and people ask like no no no, but what's your real name you know and it's like it's important to acknowledge both sides of of that sort of spectrum like some people really do identify with their quote-unquote American name right. um, others don't and it's totally a matter of like personal choice and it's just about asking them like what do you go by and, you know, when you shared with me that you had attended that art exhibit, uh, I saw the description uh, for the exhibit, and I thought that was just a great way to close out the episode because the description kind of hits on all of the different advice and the different tones uh, that you set during this interview. But it says, names are deeply personal and also public. We choose names for our children with love. To misuse a name as a taunt or to willfully misunderstand a name, it can be traumatizing and hurtful to people in our communities. Let's welcome unusual names with curiosity and openness and also respect people if they choose to change their names. I love that. So incredibly poignant. Uh, Minji, you have given us a ton to think about. Uh, and I thank you so much for sharing so much about your name and your culture with us. Thank you. Thank you.